Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm Jerry Ewalt, Chief Marketing Officer of Restoration of America. Today, we are blessed to have a fresh new face in American politics, Grace Riley. Known as Conservative Grace on social media, she is an ambassador for Turning Point USA, a popular political organization geared to younger people. We are excited to get her unique perspective on the American political landscape. So Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, we're, we're very excited to have you. Uh, before we begin though, we'd, I'd love for you to give us a little bit about your background, uh, where, how, how you got to this point and how you became this uh, political influencer on the conservative side at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it started back when I was in high school um, I believe four or five years ago, I got involved. I just was looking at the things going on in the world and I was very interested in everything going on. I always growing up joke, I would sit at the adult table at family things. I would love the talks about politics and the world, even when maybe I didn't necessarily understand what everything meant. But as I got older, I started to do my own research more and really get more involved. And I became involved with Turning Point USA, which I'm an ambassador for now. And they really inspired me to start my own social media account, which I've been working on and growing ever since. And that's really how I got my foot in the door. And now I've been pretty like heavily involved the past few years. Yeah, no, we've seen you a lot out there, so which is which is fantastic. And you're, you're really bucking the trend here, right? Because you know, it, what we typically see with youth, right, is um, even if they grow up in a conservative household, uh, they start growing up and venturing out on their own. And before you know it, they're going to college and all of a sudden they're leaning to the left of the political spectrum. So you bucked that trend, um, but, but we see a lot of the youth doing that over time. Do you see that, uh, that trend changing anytime soon? Obviously, you've done it, but what, what, what's the deal with that? Yeah, I would say that certainly it's true that there are a lot of people my age in Gen Z that are on the left, but I would love to start by saying that there is hope um, because there are so many young conservatives my age, even though, you know, sometimes it seems like there maybe isn't, there definitely is. And I can say um, through Turning Point USA, they have conferences, they have chapters across the country, and there are so many other organizations that allow young conservatives to be involved. But also, um, I think it's just important to you know, recognize that as conservatives, we want to preserve the traditions and the values that our great country was founded on, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that it's our responsibility to stand boldly for those things and to, you know, reach the younger generation with those values and those truths. Yeah, I'm going to touch on the younger generation a little bit and how we do that, but I just, you know, do you feel that that change that that trend is changing in any way? Because again, growing up, I grew up in a conservative household as well. Uh, great values were taught to me, uh, but but I did see myself and many of my friends, you know, start leaning towards that left right out of, right in, right heading into college. Do you see that changing anytime soon, or is that is that trend you know going to continue? Yeah, what I would say is looking at the education system and the reason you know, why that is, why people end up trending towards the left in at college age or high school age is a really important thing. So our education system today, I believe, has been fully taken over by the left effectively, where I'm fortunate, I'm a college student, to go to a conservative Christian school. But that's not true for 
the vast majority in the 90s percentile, uh, you know, of my generation. My generation is going to schools with Marxist professors that are focusing more on mm -hmm. teaching people about wokeness and, you know, teaching kindergartners about sexuality and other things like that than they are on education and on teaching people history. And I think looking at the issue of socialism is a really interesting way to do that because, you know, so many in my generation support that. I, in, 2000, in 2020, uh, victims of communism and YouGov polling put out a poll saying that 49% of Gen Z was in favor of socialism, which was an increase from the previous year. So we are seeing these increases in support. And the question is, well, why is that? Why would so many young people be in support of an idea, of an idea and an ideology that you know has failed every time it's been tried throughout history? Communism killed over 100 million people. So why would why would young people think that that was good? And I think the reason for that is that they don't know what it is. Yeah. The education system has failed kids in a lot of ways. So we should be looking at, okay, well, the education system is not teaching kids about socialism, communism, mm -hmm. history, critical thinking, and all those things. And that's going to be the core of the problem because people are just not, you know, like they just don't know the truth about a lot of these things. Yeah, I, I love that. We we fall into the trap of saying, well, it's communism, socialism never has worked in the past. But if we just tweak it and change it here, it's going to be great. And I think you look at the youth and they're so optimistic about the future and they're so fired up and passionate about this stuff. They buy into that trap, right, where they can they can they can make it work this time. <laughs> Those older people couldn't figure it out, but but we can. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's so well said. And I think, again, People hear things that sound good from politicians, you know, some of these popular socialist politicians. That's another huge thing. Socialism is a mainstream part of political discussion in America now. How did that happen? I mean, where it's really freedom versus socialism. Like, it is shocking. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I wake up quite often thinking, how did we get in this spot, right? But the good mm -hmm. news is there's people like you, there's people, organizations like Turning Point USA, Restoration of America that are really fighting to wake people up and turn it around, as we like to say here, restoring America, right? Back to those foundations that we all know of. So um, so that's the good news. So let me shift gears a little bit, right? Because we just we just got through the pandemic, right? And, and I mm -hmm. think... Um, we've learned a lot through that. And I would say, I would, I would love for your opinion on our country's response to the pandemic, right? Because I think the youth of America, right, we would typically see a countercultural movement from the youth, right? And I'm just curious in your thoughts, like how did the youth respond to that, to that pandemic response that our country did? Not the pandemic itself, but the response of our country. What did that mean for the youth? How did they respond? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, the response to the pandemic ruined a lot of things for young people. I mean, we were living through high school, college, some of these years that are supposed to be so big in our lives and our development, you know, just the some of the biggest times in our life. And unfortunately, the government decided to shut all those things down, even though young people were not at high risk for COVID. Right. So I think my generation has kind of experienced this and kind of been forced to see, okay, like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would our entire lives be shut down for not 15 days, but for years now, there's been, you know, different actions taken. And I think my generation 
has kind of seen that and has kind of maybe shifted away from the left a bit and how this was handled. And and even we see that now with vaccines, a lot of young people don't want to get that. Um, And part of it, it probably has to do with the fact that, you know, there are all these regulations and, you know, people trying to force that. Yeah. So you're you're seeing your peers wake up. So this this may be kind of Mm -hmm. a wake up call. It's not just the pandemic. There's a lot of things. Right. But when you start to kind of piece all of that together right now, uh, it's very destructive for the economy. I mean, you're going to be graduating very soon. Right. Looking for job opportunities. I'm sure you won't have an issue there. But, you know, it's going to be an issue for a lot of your peers that are they're going to do that in the near future with the economy way it's at based on a response to the pandemic. Yeah. And I think that's exactly the point where a lot of people in my generation are going to have to have a hard wake up no matter what because of the Mm -hmm. state of the economy, which is getting worse. And even for things as simple as gas, as people have been joking about this whole time, oh, gas prices are bad. But that's the very real thing that young people are figuring out now. Oh, wow, this is, you know, a problem. Um, And now going into the career field and, you know, trying to buy a house, pay all the taxes that are getting more. Um, I think those things are going to open a lot of people in my generation's eyes because they're going to really feel what it means to have these policies in place. Yeah, you, you guys have a major hurdle to overcome with this, right? So we're we're trying to fix that, obviously. But uh, yeah, you're, you're right. And, and people need to wake up to what that actually means practically. The school loans, school's getting outrageously expensive, right? I got, I got college-age kids and, and some entering some. So it's a uh, it's it's a it's a big burden for these kids and, and they're going to start to understand what that means and uh it's coming up soon so um no and and so it's good that we we see people like yourself and many of your peers starting to wake up and understand what's going on and so you know there's a lot of things like turning point usa uh again restoration of america there's a lot of things that we can do but i would i would have to admit that most conservative political organizations and candidates uh, on, on the conservative side, obviously, have not done enough, a good enough job attracting the youth. What, what have they done wrong in the past, in your opinion? Yeah, I would say, you know, I would say the first thing is understanding that for the youth right now, I don't agree with it or like it, but they're finding a lot of their news on their phones, social mm-hmm. media. That's mm-hmm. kind of where they are. So I think mm-hmm. that conservative political candidates need to do a better job of meeting those young people where they are and going on social media or mm-hmm. having their, you know, marketing go there, all of their, you know, different policy points and things like that. I think, you know, politics has, has changed where that's kind of where you have to go to get the young people because the young people aren't really paying attention to the traditional ways of marketing politics or marketing a candidate. Um, you know, like those old mm-hmm. traditional tactics aren't working as well for this generation who's looking just for these instant gratification, viral trends online. Mm-hmm. So, so expand a little bit on that, Grace. So you're saying people your age um, are getting their news from social media. That, that's where they go first and foremost to get their news. Is that right? Yes. And I've seen statistics backing that up. And also, yeah, my generation, they're looking on Instagram for news, Twitter, whatever it may be. So that's obviously mm-hmm. probably not the best thing they should be looking yeah. at other sources as well, first of all. But second of all, for you know us in conservative politics, that's an amazing opportunity for us to mm-hmm. use these tools to reach more people than we ever have been able to before with our messaging. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you have so many people on and you can get so much information so quickly. 
but it's just it's just like scratching the surface of the information. We need to make them them all of us, uh, including older people, right? We need to we need to get curious about what we're seeing on social media. But then that that um, curiosity needs to be triggered, and we have to go out and explore: is this the truth or not? What are the real facts behind this? And not take the social media as gospel truth, if you will. Uh, I remember going uh, when I was going through college. We had Wikipedia, right? That was never allowed as a source to be referenced, right? But I think nowadays. Uh, that we that a lot of people just go to Wikipedia and assume that that's the truth when anyone could update that or you know on, on their own. So um, I think we have that that issue right with social media. Yeah, and that's a really really great point. And I would agree with you that yeah, we need to figure out ways where we can be bringing more substantial information because understanding the why behind these things and understanding the deeper background is what is the most important thing. And that's why, for example, my generation thinks socialism is a good idea because they hear, oh, free this on social media. And then they don't look Mm -hmm. into, oh, well, actually, this is not economically sustainable at all. Right. No, no, you're right on with that. So that was going to be my follow up question. Right. So so knowing what what we have done wrong in the past and knowing what um, the youth is looking at in terms of where they're getting their news sources, my question was going to be, what, how do we fix what conservative po- politicians, organizations have done done wrong in the past? And I, I hear you saying social media. Is, is that the key to it or is there other aspects to it that we need to address? I think there certainly are other things. I think that's an important part of it to, you know, be meeting them where, they act, where they're at because that's what the left is doing as well. They're on social media. They started, you know, the black square hmm. trend back during Black Lives Matter during all the abortion things, there were plenty of internet trends going around, viral graphics. So, I mean, we can look at, and the left is doing that. They're, you know, reaching young people on these apps and they're kind of just starting these viral peer pressure share trends. Um, And I'm not suggesting that necessarily, but I'm just saying, you know, it is an important place for us to be if we want our ideas to have a chance with the youth combating against that. But also I think we need to just as always, be thinking about our messaging and looking at what is important to the youth and adjusting our messaging to how uh, we can reach them best. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And and we both know, right, that the the left is nowhere as good at memes as the the conservative side, right? The right is much, much funnier, right? (laughs) Oh, by far. Yeah. If you try to be funny on the left, you're canceled. So it doesn't really work. That's right. That's right. That's so true. I love it. Okay, so let's um, let's move into a little bit um, on on some of your um, what are the main issues that you and and your, your the conservative youth out there are really what are the issues that are really motivating young people? What is it that you're really honed in on right now? Yeah, I would say among the conservative youth, we are pretty concerned about uh, the economy, honestly, and just Marxism as a whole, and mm-hmm. you know, it trying to infiltrate into our country. Because I believe Marxism is really the root of a lot of these things, both culturally and economically. Uh, we can look at, you know, things that have been done in different countries in the past. And there are a lot of patterns in what the left is trying to accomplish here. So I think a lot of my, the conservatives in my generation have their eyes open to that and see a very real threat hmm. with, you know, the way our freedoms been diminished over the past few years um, and over the past year alone, even. and. We're worried about that for sure. And obviously yeah. the abortion issue is a big one. My yeah. generation that's pro-life is very concerned about that. Um, and other, I think other cultural issues are really important because that is 
I believe what the young people are looking at, which isn't new to, you know, this age that young people will be looking at these cultural issues. But I think that's the key to a lot of these different things. I see. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I always keep grav- gravitating towards the economic side of it, knowing that mm-hmm. many in your age group are, are looking into the job force, getting into the job force now and, and very soon. Um, but it's also encouraging to hear you say that we're, you're also concerned with the bigger picture of Marxism, uh, socialism, things like that, but also, right, pro-life. I mean, that is obviously for the conservative side, that is a, a critical issue for us. And it's great to see that you and your peers are getting involved with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say too, with like the left um, and people in my generation on the left, they care about that as well, which is why that's one of the biggest issues right now. Um, and I think, you know, the, those on the left care a lot about these social justice issues, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, as we know, with a lot of the things going on. So I think they're different issues that we're all cared about, but understanding uh, the why behind those things is important and reaching people on the other side and bringing them over. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And tell me, uh, who are the um, who are the politicians that your peers are gravitating towards right now? Yeah, I would say the politicians my peers are gravitating towards are the most non-traditional ones that there are, <laughs> um, for whatever reason. I think my peers have, they loved President Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. They really like a lot of these new Congress people. They like a lot of these, you know, new people in office like Lauren Boebert or some of these other ones that mm-hmm. have kind of just started to make appearances and, you know, show results. So I think my generation really likes seeing the results and seeing people unapologetically stand up for America and for freedom and for their constituents without kind of turning into the political establishment. Yeah, I, I, I really like that. It's there, there's, a, there's a chip on, on the shoulder of some of these people realizing what's going on and, and the time to fight for this now is now. And I, I love seeing some of these new people come in. And then I see, again, people like you that, that recognize that and are kind of rallying your peers, you know, this grassroots movement of, of getting behind these, some of these new people entering in the political realm. So that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Well, Grace, this uh, this has been great. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I would just say again that it's easy to lose hope and kind of be discouraged mm-hmm. looking at a lot of the things going on in our country right now. It's easy to kind of just go down a rabbit hole of, oh, this is all looking bad. But I would say to everyone listening to not lose hope because yeah. it's all of our responsibility. As Ronald Reagan once said, it's the last stand on earth of freedom here. There's nowhere else to escape to. So no matter how discouraging it may seem, it's important to know that there is a huge group of enthusiastic young people that we don't see on the left either, by the way. You know, the energy on of conservatives that are young, you don't see that on the left. A lot of mm-hmm. people that are enthusiastic and patriotic and really care about preserving freedom. So there is hope. And even for everyone listening, just having conversations with people in your life about the things you care about and your values and about why we should preserve freedom in America and how we could do that. It all helps. It's really all of our job together to fix our country. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that's amazing to see 
the energy and the excitement of, of people standing up, being bold, right? Like yourself, uh, like many organizations that we've already talked about, standing up, being bold. And look, at the end of the day, we, we have to always remember that God is in complete control, right? He's sovereign and he's in control of this. So no matter how bad things look or how bad things get, he's always in control and he's always gonna raise people like you and others throughout the country to make sure that that hope is realized and we turn this thing around. So, Grace, I want to thank you so much. It was a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slam. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.